Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a pretty interesting one, and I'm thinking it's probably going to take some twists and turns, but in the end, all it will all make sense. Our guest today is Kristen, and I'm going to deem her the revolutionary boss. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. Great, great. So I just, I just want to kind of just, just, just break out the cage right away and kind of just tell people a little bit about like who you are and what, what business do you have? Okay, well, hey, I'm Kristen Becker, as we've already covered, and I have a company called Berlaine. I have a signature program called Your Revolution, and basically what that's all about, really, at the heart of things, is people living their best lives, like coming really alive in how they show up in life, doing things that they're passionate about, and giving them the support structure and the framework to help make that happen in little bite-sized chunks. Great. Great. So, I mean, even even with that, I think that you had some different programming dealing a lot with vision. Like, You want to kind of talk about like it seems like vision is like a big factor to what you do. It's huge because the life that we're living at, you know, any day of the week is the result of our current vision. Right. What we think is possible. And you're never going to out achieve your vision. You know, a magic fairy isn't going to appear and, you know, bestow upon you this life that is not aligned with what your vision is. And personally, I think that 80 to 90% of people really sell themselves short in the vision category. Mm. And, and in their hearts, they know that they want to do those things and live that kind of life, whether it be like body, career, relationship, whatever. But they just don't um, take ownership and give themselves permission to to really see what's possible and then take steps towards living that. So, I mean, the, the reason why I brought up vision, because obviously, like, I'm a big believer in vision as well. I, I wrote a book about, like, having vision. And I've also noticed that you're really big into, like, vision boards. And I had this whole conversation with my wife recently about, like, the real definition of a vision board and how to really use it and how to really maximize it. And I'm sure that you can probably give our audience a little bit more insight into vision boards a little bit. Yes, I love vision boards, like probably everyone who's used them. Uh, My first experience was kind of going to a party, hoping and wishing, putting stuff on my vision board, kind of coming at it from a not very informed perspective, which is fine. Um, But the vision board that I like to teach people how to make is based on symbols. It's based on first knowing what your vision is. How does that feel? What are the whys behind it? Because here's the critical I see as the error that people make. They look at it as a vision board as something, if I put this on here and then it comes to be, I will then be happier. Mm-hmm. I will then feel worthy or valued or significant or whatever. When the perspective that I look at vision boards is seeing that already within yourself and how to bring that out. So it's not a big change you know, that happens to you, but really it's just recognizing something within yourself and then bringing it out. And I recommend symbols on the vision board, which I go through a whole process of how to determine what these symbols are. Um, But then they do all sorts of things to serve as triggers and that sort of thing. 
And you find yourself during the day because you looked at your vision board and reminded yourself of your vision, of your true self, and making different choices in life and just kind of steering towards opportunities and away from things that are going to distract you from what it is that you really want. That's definitely an interesting philosophy. So do you think vision boards are kind of like more so an action item checklist? That way people can kind of strive to their achievements or are you more so on the side of reaching for goals that may seem to be out of reach currently? Absolutely out of reach because Mm -hmm. that's the one that really inspires you. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think we get our goals from two places. One is paradigms and conditioning and peers and society. You know, I call those box checking goals mm-hmm. and having checked a bunch of boxes and then sitting around going, huh, this kind of sucks, you know, but everybody says this is what I should do. But when your um, goal is something that's really comes from inside and it's really inspiring, then you're growing as you achieve that goal. You know, you're, as I mentioned before, bringing out more of your true ideal self. Definitely, definitely. So if you could define yourself in just three to five words, what three to five words would you choose for yourself? Ooh, well, freedom. Always. I love to feel free. And that's really just awareness of being in the moment and mm-hmm. um, able to take advantage of whatever pops up and having great, but, but not super specific expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, resilient, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a, a wonderful quality. I've learned to look at challenges as opportunities and see how I've grown through them. And that helps me to be more resilient. That's two words. Um, and I think graceful actually. And a lot of people who know me will be like, she's not graceful at all, but it's, it's a matter of kind of, uh, letting your wisdom come to the surface Mm -hmm. and being accepting and compassionate. It like embodies so much that I just love the idea of grace and continuously striving to be more filled with grace and living with grace. So like, let's step it back a little bit. I mean, like, like this is the first time we're meeting, right? I can tell that you're warm, you're inviting, like you're knowledgeable, you're a ball of energy, but were you always like that? I mean, like, did you grow up like this? Like when, when did you find like your core niche to, to where you are currently right now? Well, I've thought a lot about that because part of what I do is help to other people to achieve not to be quote like me, but their own version of their best self. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think that I was blessed in that when I was really young, my dad taught me a lot about meditation. And so whereas a lot of people were getting caught up in um, like, if you look at conditioning when you're little and you're in this brainwave state that you're just like a sponge, mm-hmm. I think that probably had a lot to do with it. And then I mentioned the box checking. I kind of went off the, the rails <laughs> in my twenties because I wanted to be the successful adult. And I just jumped in like what everybody else was doing. Honestly, I stopped meditating. Um, I mean, my life was okay, you know, but there was this internal thing and and I wasn't being my truest, best, happiest self. And to be honest, it was like my late thirties, early forties when I got back into that. Um, And I'm constantly looking for ways to evolve and improve myself and not looking at my life as a series of circumstances and reactions, but just, you know, opportunities. And uh, I don't know, I guess like what I'm saying is it's a little bit, I think, inherent, but also it's an awful lot of continuously going back to the drawing board and looking, what do I have going on here? What can I do now? Like, what can I do next to evolve? So it seems like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like you're kind of alluding to maybe like 
where you are currently in your business right now is not where you were before. Did you kind of shift industries a little bit? Well, um, and something I kind of wanted to hit on today was giving mm-hmm. yourself permission to be successful because mm-hmm. I, for many years, was teaching college and creating mm-hmm. these personal development courses. And I have well over 7,000. Honestly, I haven't looked in a long time um, in those courses, right? Mm-hmm. Four and five star reviews. So this tells me these are uh, appreciated, valuable, mm-hmm. right? But I wasn't making a lot of money. But also, mm-hmm. I hadn't really started thinking of myself as that being who I am and what I bring to the world. It was really a side hustle, you know? And then when I started taking ownership of it and just being like, I can't not do this, you know, it fills me with passion. It makes me so happy. I love helping people and people, the kind of people who resonate with me, enjoy it. Um, And so when I really started giving myself ownership is kind of like when everything switched Hmm. over, pivoted, Hmm. you know? That's interesting, that's interesting. So on this journey, right, and it seems like it's a seesaw, there's waves and there's pivots. What's like the worst, like out of the ordinary experience that you've had so far on this journey? Well, uh, you know, I've had two people that I love very dearly pass away in the course of two years. And um, uh, one of them being my son. And so that's like a huge uh, pattern interrupt. Okay. And so for me, again, looking at what can I learn from this? What can I take away from this positive? uh, Not to be stifled and completely thrown off of track by it, but to look for how it more empowers me. Like I am doing this because I'm passionate, right? Mm -hmm. So how can that experience help me to get even more grounded, to dig in even a little deeper and to learn from it? Um, But when you're bebopping along and something like that happens, it's definitely cause for uh, re-evaluating <laughs> what you're doing and why, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely sorry, sorry to hear that. I mean, I, I didn't think you would even go there, and, and the fact that that you went there and you're still kind of oozing like this glowing sensation of of your inner self is definitely a powerful testament to who you are and and what you're going to achieve and what you're currently achieving. So, I definitely commend you to continue on that path. Well, thanks. And on the one hand, uh, you know. It's you have to draw the line of is something my story? Is it uh, keeping me in a place or is it empowering me? And like with the issue with my son, I just was talking to my girlfriend about this day because her mom is a widow and um, and she was trying to encourage her mom to come out of her shell a little and stop living the widow story and and live life, you know. And I always say, Cody, my son, I know he's standing behind me and he's like, oh, you're doing so good. Keep going. You can do it. You can do it. So instead of just uh, being sad about it or whatever, I, I think of him, what would he want me to do? You know, like how excited would he be for me right now if he was standing here? So excited. Wow. Wow. Yeah, definitely a, a powerful. And, and it's kind of funny because I mean, coming into, into this podcast, I had no idea. And then I, you know, I made that statement that this episode is going to be a pretty interesting episode. And, and obviously I think you've more than lived up to it. And we only been talking for about maybe 10 minutes so far. <laughs> So, I mean, like going to your business, like how is your business structured? Is it more like an LLC, an S Corp, a C Corp? Well, uh, administratively in that way, it's just an LLC. Mm. Um, I admittedly did minimal research on that Mm. and just kind of took the easiest route. And um, for protection purposes, not to have, um, what's what's the one? Sole proprietorship, you know, don't want to have that. Um, But I did recently rebrand as a company instead of using my own name. 
mm-hmm. because I'm already thinking um, exit strategy. You know, I want to grow this to a scale that other people can step in and provide the same value that I'm providing mm-hmm. and eventually, um, you know, sell it off or, or hand over leadership to someone else and mm-hmm. to continue to evolve and grow and move on mm-hmm. as, as I do, you know, my career will evolve. And so that's my story on the company where it is right now. So let's talk about like the, the company and like as far as like the services, right? So let's say this is the first time I'm hearing about your company and, I, and I'm asking you, okay, like, you know, what, what do you guys do? Okay. Well, at this point, the only product that I am personally offering is a membership product because I think there has to be a thread of consistency. People buy programs and then never even use them, right? They don't even ask for a refund or anything. The, the statistics are huge on that. And I'm not doing this to just make money. I'm doing it to help people, right? And I want people to be engaged and I want to be able to interact with them and have an ongoing thread of me understanding what's going on with them and helping them and modifying what I do based on what I see the needs being. So creating this long-term relationship, uh, that's where I am right now. My own personal goal is I really want to get more into media and uh, casting a wider net, so to speak. But that's something I call edutainment, you know? I think it should be fun. It should be engaging, but inspiring or educational in some way. So that's like a future, future leg of my, and I've already kind of built it in with my YouTube channel. Just get my toe in the water with that one. Gotcha. So let's just talk a little bit. I think currently right now you have a, a three-day vision challenge. Is that correct? Right. I'm not currently offering the challenge. I'm getting ready to re-offer that both as a live event, which I've done in the past, and then eventually an on-demand event. And, but basically when someone comes into my program, that's the first thing that they do. I have a 23 page thing called the vision blueprint, which, you know, your uh, watchers and listeners can have for free because if you don't have a vision, what are you doing? Where are you going? What are you committed to? What choices do you make and why, right? You have to have a vision. And in my opinion, a vision that was not created by this outside paradigm and conditioning one, and it's going to be scary and it's going to maybe seem like, oh, can I really do that? Of course you can do it. You know, if somebody else did it, you can do it. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, obviously you've been on this journey and there's been some ups and downs and the perception of success is always perceived to be something that happened overnight. How long have you been on your journey? Woo. Well, I guess in this business format, um, about maybe eight years, I'd say, mm-hmm. um, seven or eight years. And, and I like something you first said about the success and the perception of success, uh, you know, there's the whole iceberg thing. Like people see the tip of the iceberg and think, Oh, you just popped out of nowhere. When really there's this, all this stuff underneath that supports it. Mm -hmm. However, another element of success is not necessarily, uh, things other people can see. Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned, taking commitment, giving yourself permission to me, that was a huge win, you know, It's just like, I'm almost like, it doesn't even matter what happens now because I've said, hey, it's super okay for me to um, prioritize this in life. It's super okay for me to believe in myself, you know, and that's a huge success that other people can't really see, but changes the flavor of every single day when I wake up. Hmm. That's definitely interesting. So, I mean, that is, and, and I like talking about this topic. So I just want to kind of like just dive in this a little bit more about like, like your target audience and like who, who's the, the ideal persona for your programs? I think people who are um, 
no longer willing to settle, no longer willing to just exist. You, and that's because that's me, you know, 10 years ago, you get a sense inside of you that I still got a lot of living to do. And this, you know, stuff doesn't really quite seem to be addressing what I feel like I need. And for me, I could not initially articulate it. I just was kind of like, I used to call it the gap, like something's missing. I don't know what it is. Oh my goodness. And, um, I think that gap is just not being your true self that you're capable of being that you were put here to be able to be. And so I like people who have at least determined within themselves, damn it, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm committed. I don't know how, and maybe I don't know what that stuff doesn't really matter. But what matters is that personal commitment. Very, very nice. So if you could time travel backwards, right, and do one thing over again, what would it be? Oh, man, because, you know, I'm like, I don't have regrets. I, I see things as learning. You know, sure, I learned a lot of things mm. along the way that I would do differently. But to actually have the opportunity to go back. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I mean, I just mentioned about my son. And I think uh, if. I could go back to when I was in my twenties and he was really little and change the way I parented mm. like with my two younger boys who are teenagers. Now um, I'm a whole different parent, you know, because I'm all about empowering them mm. to take chances and speak for themselves and explore and experiment with life and then evaluate and readjust accordingly. Mm. And so with my older son though, I was like everything I saw on TV, the helicopter mom, so step aside. I'm going to solve all your problems. Mommy's here, you know, like, can I wrap you in bubble wrap before you go out kind of thing. So I think I would do that differently. And I'm not so sure it would have a different end result, you know, um, but just as a parent, if I were advising other parents who are new parents, that would be my advice. Hmm. Definitely, definitely interesting. So talking about like your entrepreneurial background, I mean, are you related to anyone that was an entrepreneur or your family members, your mom, your dad, like where are you getting your entrepreneurial hustle from? Well, that's really a fascinating topic because a lot of what I help people with during their process is identifying and overcoming limiting beliefs and things of that nature. Cause our belief models dictate how far we're going to go. They really, really do. And yes, I did have a lot of entrepreneurs, but the funny thing is quote, they weren't successful. So the story in my family was most businesses fail. It's very hard. You know, um, why would you do that? Why would you subject yourself to that inevitable failure? Basically was the end story that I got. Mm. So I had to get over that. And that was actually what held me back a lot. I write my own story, you know, and, and, and if you hang out with uh, people who are persevering and being successful, you see all different possibilities it would never occur to you that, that you might fail. It's like, well, I didn't fail. I learned a bunch of lessons and now I'm applying them in this way, you know, so it's just perception. So I did have entrepreneurs and they helped me in a weird way. <laughs> That's a good, good angle. I mean, like the statement always goes, of, you know, you're a byproduct of your circles, right? And in today's world, obviously there's multiple different circles. And you kind of have to find like your niche of a circle that's going to not only help carry you there, but hold you accountable to get to where you're trying to get to as well. So I think that you definitely depicted that very clearly. So I'm just thinking about it. You, you got two kids, right? 
how right? do you currently juggle your your work life with your family life? Well, I like to use it as a teachable moment too. You know, they know exactly what I do, how I roll, where I'm coming from. And um, I'll share a lot of ideas with them. Like, hey, you guys, I'm talking about this. What are your thoughts on that? And, um, and, and you know, there's times when I'm doing something like this. They are not home right now, but they, they are sometimes. And I'm like, <laughs> nobody move. Everybody be quiet. You know, and they're cool with that. Uh, it's, it's never been a problem for me. But that's another uh, mindset thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember a long time ago thinking, uh, it's so scary. Oh my goodness. What if this, and what if that, and how am I going to make it work? And, but once you roll up your sleeves and jump in and do it, all that fear goes away, stuff gets taken care of, you know, you find your, your sweet spot kind of thing. Yeah, you're definitely right. I think fear is one of those hindrances that hold people back and they don't realize how far back they are from there, where they could be if they would just move past the fear level, just a little bit, just a little bit. Absolutely. Definitely. So personally, oh, I just want to say I love fear because I used to get, uh, for me, I get the feeling in my tummy, I'll knot it up, you know, and, um, and I used to get that and kind of like, be like, oh my God, what am I doing? Now I get that and I get really excited because I realize like, oh, I'm stretching myself, you know, I'm moving into new territory. So I've come to get excited about the fear. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. I mean, I, I think most, if you look at it from like the, like major league athletes, I think all of them have that fear factor, but to your point, I think that fear factor is what pushes them to become great. Like they enjoy being scared just for that moment and then they take advantage of it. So um, going to the next question. So like, what are, what are your morning routines, your morning habits? Love um, a morning intention. Uh, basically before I even get out of bed, the first thing I wake up and I'm literally like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm alive. I have a whole other day to do all this stuff with. And I think about what do I want to accomplish today? What are my primary objectives? And then I think about how they feel. I'm just huge on that, like embodying the feeling, like pre-feeling, <laughs> pre-feeling. You know, like if I have a bunch of stuff I want to get done, I might think, oh man, I'm going to be, feel so productive. And I'm going to look back and be like, I rocked that. I crushed that. Wow, that went really fast. Mm. Or like yesterday, my boys were home and I woke up and I was like, you know, I really want to be engaged with them mm-hmm. and have meaningful conversations and experiences before I even got out of bed. Mm-hmm. I, I decide this stuff for myself for the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could talk about, well, you're connecting, you know, all these neural networks and you're setting an intention. You're keeping it in the forefront of your mind. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And oh, one more thing I do every morning before I leave the bedroom, I do a one minute plank and it seems mm-hmm. like a little thing. But, you know, it gets my body going a little bit already. And it's a trigger. It's a commitment that I made to myself. I care about my uh, physical quality of life. And to remind myself of that in the morning, I do the plank. And therefore, I make better choices during the day that are aligned with that as well. Hmm. Definitely interesting. So this is this is the time of the podcast. I usually like literally nine out of 10 people that I interview they also include like they read books or they listen to audio books and planking is, is considered yoga. So mm-hmm. it kind of, it all falls into that. So, and I, I, I'm, I'm excited to ask you this next question because I think that you may be able to shine some light on some pretty interesting books that our viewers may not have heard of before. So what books did you read to kind of get you currently where you are? And what books are you reading right now? And what books do you want to generally recommend? 
I love books. And I have gotten huge into audiobooks lately because I could be driving or go for a walk and um, listen to them. You can bookmark your favorite parts and go back. And I've gotten really broad. When I first started out, definitely I read all the, the most kind of popular books on, say, like mindset and that sort of mm -hmm. thing. And then I was like, oh, I want to understand the science more and getting more into technical stuff. And then I went off in another direction of the more spiritual and esoteric. Like right now I'm re-listening to a lot of Neville Goddard and he's, I want to say like the early uh, 19 somethings. Um, I like his flavor and his style and that in and of itself is like a pattern interrupt, just kind of trying to keep up with him, like how he's looking at the world and things that go on and consciousness and our conscious intention. And then I have books on psychology, influence, uh, self-image, self-concept. Maxwell's small uh, Psycho-Cybernetics is a great book for, for that kind of thing because it's running your show, right? Mm -hmm. To not understand it is just like walking around with a bag on your head <laughs> through all of life, in my opinion. And then marketing, you know, I need, not need, but I want to really have a full breadth of understanding and then, you know, bring all this stuff in and then see how it all fits together and see what falls out as not important and what stays and what you use again. I did want to mention, I'm reading a hard copy right now of um, Atomic Habits. Yes. Have you read it? Yeah. It's, a, it's part of our book club. Oh, wonderful. It's a fabulous book. Yeah, it is. It's definitely goes, it goes well with um, deep work. Are you familiar with Deep Work as well? I haven't read it. Yeah, so um, the name is Cal Newport. I think it's his name. Deep Work. So Deep Deep Work and Atomic Habits go together hand in hand systematically. Yeah. Take a note. Yeah, yeah. So where do you see yourself in 20 years from now? Okay. Um, well, part of what I've come to see as my vision mm -hmm. for myself and my life is continuously walking the walk, right? Mm -hmm. And I have plenty of room to grow, plenty of ways to evolve and no intention whatsoever of like backing off or slowing down. And, and I really also like changing people's ideas about what is possible at different stages of life. Because I'm 51. Last year, I got my motorcycle license. And my dad yes. said, he said, you're, I think you're too old for that. And I was like, what? <laughs> you're running a goddamn mom. But when you buy into that stuff, you live it, right? Yeah, you do. And, and all it takes, doing the planks, you know, driving the motorcycle, whatever. Just do it. And then that becomes okay. It becomes who you are. So talking about 20 years from now, I definitely see myself continuing to change what people think is possible at different phases of life. It's pretty cool. It's pretty, you know, I'm happy you got on a motorcycle. How much saddle time have you got in so far? Well, I don't keep track. I literally started up yesterday because we had a nice day here. Nice. Um, enough that it's become muscle memory that I don't uh, worry while I'm driving. You know, okay. I can actually look at the scenery or, you know, enjoy like the wind or nice. some vibration or something. And uh, so I've noticed that as a marker. Do you ride? Yeah, I, I used to ride pretty often. I mean, not as of lately, but yeah, I mean, it was more dirt bikes and I used to ride with my son. Yeah, yeah, that's my yeah. next thing, actually, because my two boys are um, uh, 15 and 17. Oh, yeah, it's golden. I want to get dirt bikes and get them out mm -hmm. there on the dirt bikes. Cool. So uh, what kind of bike do you have right now? 
Well, I have a Kawasaki, which I'm riding, which is um, little, which is like a really quirky. low, you know. And then I have a Harley, which I inherited. And to be honest, it's huge. So will I be able to ride it? I don't know. But that was the whole catalyst, you know, despite the fact that I'd been wanting to do this since my 20s. And, and nice. you know, oh, no, that's not a good idea. I kept buying into that. And finally, I was like, screw it. Right. Yeah, so it seems like you got the best. You got kind of a quirky bike, and then you have like a cruiser. So you got best of both worlds to kind of mix and match between us. That's that's pretty cool. I mean, I'm definitely. I, I think your kids will definitely have a ball for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm excited about that, and I have a, a good friend uh, up in Pennsylvania who's kind of like me, you know, similar age, and just was like, "Screw it, I'm getting a dirt bike." And I see his stuff on Facebook, and I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> love it." Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. Thinking about like what software do you currently use that you would not be able to do what you do without? All of Adobe. Oh my gosh, mm. I just love it. Um, I make a lot of videos, obviously, for my membership site and training and that sort of thing, and a podcast myself. I just adore all things Adobe Creative Suite, mm. right? Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, Adobe is one of those things. I mean, my, my first degree was graphic design. So, I mean, it, it's one of those things that no matter what secondary software that comes up that can make things a lot easier and, and systematically done, I still kind of at times revert back to my Photoshop and Illustrator and InDesign and so forth. So pretty cool platform. Um, so going into like your last words of wisdom, let's say I, I'm 40 years old, I'm in corporate America, and I'm thinking about stepping out on fate and, and, and going after what, what my original vision was, which was to become an entrepreneur. What words of insight would you give to me to help me continue on that path? Well, um, you know, I, there's a lot of people I call like the two beer entrepreneur dreamers, like mm -hmm. they have two beers, They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they never follow through because it's just easier. You take the comfortable route mm -hmm. right the safe comfortable route but the question is what's that really costing you and mm -hmm. and why is so important like why would you uh do this entrepreneurial dream what how does it benefit you how does it benefit other people what could you bring into your own quality of life and mm -hmm. how could you impact other people's because no matter mm -hmm. what business you're in a product a service whatever you're ultimately doing good you know, you're benefiting someone. Uh, some people will look at business as just to make money to benefit themselves. And I'm not judging them, but every business has the potential and should, I think, benefit the people, you know, who exchange their money for the service. And so just when you get focused on that, it's like, well, how can I not, you know? So focus on your why, focus on all the great things you bring into the world how it improves your quality of life. You're like as parents, you know, role models to your kids and stuff. Nice. I don't nice. really want to teach my kids how to like hate your job and sit in a cubicle. <laughs> Have, you know, those three hours between when you get home from work and when you go to bed to, to be yourself. Mm -hmm. No, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. So I mean, based upon what you just said, if money wasn't a factor, would you still be doing exactly what you're doing right now? 100%. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. And, you know, I have people, especially some students who will get into like long, ongoing, really personal relationships via email or something. And when I see the stuff that's going on in their lives and they share that with me, you know, I'm just like, wow, this whole person's life is different. Okay. 
because I touched it. And I'm not saying that to, to brag or, or whatever, but it truly makes me just so happy. And don't we all want to have purpose? Definitely. And feel that our time in this world is meaningful and has value outside of ourselves? Yeah. I You're think. Right. Yeah. I think it's funny because I think us as podcasters, I think we fall into that category by default. If you want to target a particular user audience, podcasters are probably the most willing to fulfill their purpose. That's all we do all day long. Right? We're recording these episodes to either help someone, motivate someone, inspire someone to take a leap of faith and to learn from our examples. So I definitely agree with you 100%. Right. Yeah. So like, how can people find you online? I mean, what's your Facebook, your Instagram, your website? Oh, I love social media. Um, mm-hmm. Everything is pretty much under Brelane, B-R-I-L, B-R-I-L-L-A-N-E, Brelane.com, Brelane on uh, Facebook, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just find me there, go to the website, sign up for the newsletter because I'm not one of those people that uses newsletters to sell to people. I try to mm-hmm. always provide like useful cool, inspiring things. Nice, nice. So let's just talk about like branding a little bit. I mean, like, wh- why did you name it Berlane? Well, uh, when I was thinking about it, I was like, okay. Uh, and I mean, just a lot of uh, popular, typical kind of words are cliche, but also taken. <laughs> and so I knew that I wanted to have a new word that wasn't mm-hmm. didn't already have meaning prescribed to it. Mm-hmm. And Brelane is actually kind of a combination of bright and lane. That's uh, the bright lane, the bright path, you know, where it came from. And so, and what I envision is, and when I did my whole branding strategy, is it becoming like a verb or an adverb to to think outside the box, to live outside the box. Like that was a very Brelane approach, or that was a very Brelane way of handling that situation, you know? So I see it eventually kind of like how we talk about grabbing a Kleenex or a Coke, right? But like Berlain being um, a way of looking at life, a way of existing and being and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's definitely pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. So going into the bonus round, right? And and, and I think you're going to have a, a very original answer. I just, I'm going with my gut here, right? Okay. If you could spend 24 hours with anyone, dead or alive, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would it be and why? <laughs> I've already talked about this. Okay. Jason Silva, do you know who he is? Mm-mm. Who is he? Okay. Um, well, he has he has shows on some different like cable networks. I don't have cables, so I don't know what they are. And YouTube and that sort of thing. But he's all about awe. Like mm. just focusing on the awe that is inherent in every potential experience in life. And I found that to be so incredibly true. Like, you know, you're having a peek into my living room, me and my kids just will be in tears, like laughing over the silliest little things, like the most beautiful moment that you didn't mm-hmm. see coming. And, and, and that's his thing. And he does a great job of articulating it. And I actually have in my signature block of my email, like, if you know anybody who knows anybody who knows Jason Silva, you know, connect me, because I want to actually go camping with him. Because I think that that's a great way to get to know people and to really connect and, you know, be out in nature and kind of have your basic cool. survival things there. That's pretty cool. Have you done a lot of camping? Yes, I love camping. Cool. cool. Yeah, camping is it's one of those things, man. It's like I, I used to go camping at least probably quarterly. And I, like I haven't been camping since this whole COVID thing hit. So thanks for reminding me. It's probably the best time to go camping. 
And think about it. Like, did you know in Scotland, they can prescribe nature, doctors can prescribe nature to their patients. Like it's so good for us. It's not a a would be nice luxury. It actually, if you're looking for inspiration, if you're looking for clarity and to remove the clutter from your brain, go out in nature. Well, you, you better believe it. it's going to be on my to-do list. So look yep. out to see mm-hmm. me going camping pretty soon. <laughs> um, so I've always asked this question to parents and I always say, okay, as I'm asking a parent, the answer cannot be your kids. So outside of your kids, what is your most significant achievement to date? Hmm. Honestly, uh, my most significant achievement, and this is one of those successes that nobody can really mm-hmm. see or would know if they didn't ask me. Um, is putting aside what everybody else thinks mm-hmm. and what everybody else thinks was possible. And, and it wasn't always pretty. Sometimes it was like me having a temper tantrum and stuff, you know, but, but then, then in came the grace I was talking about, you know, when I was able to more be like, no, I, you know, this is like being me is my most significant success and my most mm-hmm. significant achievement. Nice. Nice. Well, I, I definitely uh, appreciate, I mean, your insights. And, and this is the time of the podcast, like, you know, the people that I'm interviewing, I give you an opportunity that ask me any questions that you may have come up with while we've been talking. So the floor is yours. Well, since you do get to meet so many people and mm-hmm. see so many perspectives around the same general niche that you do, mm-hmm. um, what has been most unusual or most impactful or like, have you taken and used again and again and again? I think I take a, I make sure that every single episode that I listen to, I take away something. So like, for example, this episode from you is, is about, you know, one being a bright and being a visionary. And that's my takeaway from this is like being like that, not the epicenter of the world outside, but being your epicenter and using that to fulfill your visions forward. That's what I got from this episode. So for every episode, I take away a little piece of that and I keep layering it on, layering it on, layering it on because my goal of my podcast is to essentially create a legacy of information for other entrepreneurs, other podcasters, and also for my my kids and my grandkids. So once I'm dead and gone, they'll have opportunity to, to see, like you're saying, all these different personalities, all these different visionaries, entrepreneurs, business owners, and have the same common collective of growth. That's really what we're talking about is how someone started at point A and went to point B. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have any other questions, this is the time. If not, then I, I think, I mean, you could definitely answer the, the questions that, that I had for you. I think lovely. I think anybody that is looking to expand on their vision and expand it with someone that's bright and glowing, I would definitely point them in your direction. Well, thank you so much. Um, I would love to just connect with anybody on any level, like whether somebody mm-hmm. just wants to touch base, become connected on social media, get answers mm-hmm. to questions or whatever. We're all here to like support and connect with and uplift each other, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I've already connected to, I think, most of your platforms and I, I just kind of want to like to dive in, just kind of see the other stuff that you have going on. Like I'm very big on vision. So I definitely, you know, I think after this call, this is not the last time you and I are probably going to have a talk. Definitely. Great. Great. Awesome. Great. Appreciate it. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com. 
or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss on Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.